How we doing, y'all? It is your boy, Jonah Lambright, one of the most authentic preachers you will ever hear. And this is my podcast, Church from the Other Side. A Biblical Understanding of Sexuality I don't understand why sex is such a taboo topic in the church. Because, you know, everywhere else you go, sex is talked about freely. The barbershop, beauty salons, locker rooms, hanging with your friends, school, your job. You know, just look about, just look what's on TV today. Every show is either talking about sex or has sex in it. Listen to the music. You know, a big thing that I noticed about today's music is that it's very sexual. R&B, which is like one of my favorite genres, is no longer about romance and being a good guy or girl. It's all about smashing. Watch something rated MA on Netflix or HBO, and I bet you you're going to see pornography within the first 15 minutes of the show. And right now, there are schools that want to teach kindergartners sexual education, which is pretty crazy because they shouldn't know what that stuff is at that age. I know I didn't know what sex was until I was 10. You know what I mean? But it just goes to show you how sex conscious our culture is you know nobody's oblivious to sex anymore because it's everywhere in our culture but the church has become that one place where you can't talk about sex and i really don't understand why we make it the elephant in the room you know i mean it's weird because the bible has a lot to say about sexuality you know we we always make these pg bible movies that make characters like samson and david look like choir boys but the reality is, if you know, when you took the Bible and made it to a movie using the stories of the Bible as written, it would be rated MA for all the sexual situations. You know, contrary to popular belief, the Bible is not a children's book. It's a raw depiction of flawed people. So, you know, there's going to be sexuality in it. And God isn't embarrassed to show it. You know what I mean? God's definitely not a prude. It's religion that tries to make sex a taboo. And it bothers me to realize that some people believe that God hates sex. You know, God actually designed sex and he designed us to want it. Our sex drive is God given. But the thing is, God has a purpose for sex and he gives us boundaries for it in his word. You know what I mean? There's a right way to have sex and there's a wrong way to have sex. The right way, of course, is to be enjoyed in marriage with a husband and wife. And I know that sounds basic, but some people act like they don't know. You know, sex is very important to a marriage. You know, married people with good sex lives are the happiest people on earth. It's a fact. Studies will show that they live longer And the world is a better place where marriages are having good sex because a good sex life is a sign of a healthy marriage. Because, you know, when your marriage isn't healthy, the first thing that's going to go is the sex. But if you are smart, you'll do the things you need to do to keep the sex life going. Amen. And a healthy marriage leads to a stable home. Raising your family around a healthy environment, you know, it's beneficial to the kids. They grow up seeing what a good marriage looks like and they try to model the same. And it's supposed to like continue that cycle of a positive home image. So, yes, sex in the context of marriage is great. But when you take sex outside of the way that God designed it, it corrupts sex. 
Like sex is always corrupt outside of marriage. Think about it. Has the world ever benefited from sex outside of marriage? And the answer is no. The world has never benefited from promiscuity. It's never benefited from like single parents, pornography, sex trafficking, you know, players breaking people's heart, adultery, STDs. All these are consequences of sex outside of marriage. You know what I mean? Man tries to act like they can be responsible with, you know, sex outside of marriage and make good choices, but we really don't. I mean, that's just not what we do. We are confused, flawed people, and it's good to have boundaries of sex that God has given. But yeah, we try to act like we're so progressive and that we can have sex with no attachment, but really there is a price we pay when we try to avoid sexuality from romantic love. You know what I mean? I put it to you this way. It's actually not a healthy mental decision. I put it to you that way. And it's really unfortunate that many churches are not promoting a biblical view of sex. Instead, they are kind of silent and they ignore a lot of the sexual stuff that goes on in church, which pretty much allows sexual culture of the world to creep into the church. You know, I, I apparently it's only a small percentage of Christians who are waiting till they get married to have sex. And that's really sad considering that sexual being sexual, sexually pure is fundamental to being a Christian. Like the Bible says that we should have nothing to do with fornication because our body is to be consecrated temple for the Holy Spirit. So how do we expect people to take Christianity seriously? When we don't take our own core beliefs seriously, like many churches, half the unmarried people are having sex, including the leadership and sometimes the pastor. You know, what I mean, if he's not married, you know, people know it, but no one wants to address it. You know, what I mean, it's just one of those sins that we like to sweep under the rug. And I'll be real, man, growing up in the church, I knew too many cases of my peers that were having sex, it's like being church kids. You know, those people who were considered the golden child, you know, the captain of the prayer team and soloist and didn't drink and basically were like almost saints, you know, those people were sleeping with their boyfriends and girlfriends. But it really wasn't a secret. Everybody knew, but the truth is no one really cared that much. We just kind of ignored it unless they got pregnant, of course, then, then they cared. It should have been addressed way before it got to that point. And it really takes a brave pastor these days to address sexual purity because you know the topic is going to step on some toes. You might even lose some people, but you know what I mean? It has to be done. If you don't speak on that, you have an unhealthy sex culture in church. And sex is meant to be a sacred thing and it's, it needs to be treated that way. Because, you know, you can actually, you know, sex can, if it's used wrong, can actually ruin the order of society. You know what I mean? That's how powerful sex can be, how much influence it has, you know? But the world doesn't believe that anything's sacred, not marriage, not human life, not gender, and especially not sex. They'll tell you that you, have, that you can have sex with no strings attached, but that's really not true. Sex always comes with attachments because that's the way that God designed it. It's supposed to be a powerful bonding experience between a husband and his wife, joining them together as one.
So there's no such thing as like a casual, you know, sex. You have sex with a person, you're bonded with that person. And that's why it's so hard for a person to leave a relationship when they are having sex with that person. You know what I mean? Have you ever seen a relationship where two people really don't belong together, but they will hang on by a thread because of the sex has bonded them together? But what we really need to teach people is how to have a respect for sex. You know, it's it's the way, just like the way we have a fear of God, right? And when we say fear of God, it's not that we are afraid of God because perfect love casts out fear. We have a respect and an awe for God. We need to have that same respect for the sacredness of sex. I understand sex is design and I have learned to discipline myself because I want to treat it with respect. I mean, first because of God, but also because I want to have respect for this thing that God created. Because the act of sex itself is sacred. And it really teaches us principles. Like, this is where we're about to get really deep. So you might want to take notes for this. You know, the part of the woman's body that's entered is sacred. It can be likened to a temple. And what does the Bible's rules about entering a temple? Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 23, 6 says, Remember... Only the priests and Levites on duty may enter the temple of the Lord, for they are set apart. The rest of the people must obey the Lord's instructions and stay outside. Only someone who is set apart and holy can enter her temple. If you have not been sanctified through marriage, you have no business in her temple. Only the husband is allowed to enter his wife's temple. And then it says, like, you know, everyone else who's not uh, consecrated has to stay outside of that temple. See, and on top of that, if you read verse 7 of that scripture in 2 Chronicles, it says anyone who isn't a priest who tries to enter that temple, it says for the people to kill that person. You know, trying to enter a temple when you are not sanctified is punishable by death. Interesting about it, sex outside of marriage, you know what I mean? It equals death. Like fornication stirs up death because you are entering a temple without purifying yourself. You ever heard what happened to the priests that entered the holies of holies and they were not consecrated? They would find that priest dead. That's what would happen to the priest. See, sex outside of marriage is a death trap. And I'm going to read Proverbs 5 because it really like gives a good picture of that. It says, the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But at the end, she is bitter as poison and dangerous as a double-edged sword. See, that's where the death comes in, the poison and a double-edged sword. Her feet go down till death. Her steps lead straight to the grave, for she cares nothing about the path of life. She staggers down a crooked trail and does not realize it. Stay away from her. Don't go near her house. If you do, here, this is the curse, right? If you do, the curse is, you will lose your honor. You will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth, and someone else will enjoy the fruits of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish, 
when diseases consume your body. You know, when you are having sex outside of marriage, you lose honor, strangers consume your wealth, and your body is inflicted with disease. No, I actually had a friend who became sick as a result of fornication. And I'm not talking about like STDs, like no one, like it was like a mystery illness that they didn't really understand. They just knew they were sick for some reason. But later on, like, you know, we discovered that it was their sickness was linked to their sin because once they had stopped and repented, they got better. And you may be wondering, how does sex lead to this curse? The thing is, sex isn't just physical. There's also a spiritual element. You know what I mean? Like, and it should be treated with respect. Like the same way you wouldn't just go messing with a grave for whatever reason. Because some people say when you mess with a grave, you know, it stirs up a spiritual attack. It's the same way with sex. You know what I mean? Condoms can protect from diseases and unwanted pregnancies but they cannot protect you from the spiritual ramifications. Fornication leads to a Proverbs 5 curse and death. Now, there are some people right now who are probably living under a curse because of fornication, loss of wealth, loss of honor, loss of, you know, their, their health. But here's the thing about it. There is a curse for fornication, but on the flip side, there's a blessing for marriage because Proverbs 5.18 says, let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you. Rejoice in the wife of your youth. So yeah, there's actually blessings from, you know, having, from sticking with your wife and having sex with them. If you are having sex with someone you are not married to, you're really just wasting your potential. Literally, literally wasting your potential. Like, fellas, you have a seed. You are wasting your potential. Ladies, if you are, you know, having sex with someone who's not your husband, you are selling yourself short. See, this world tries to make sex seem cheap and meaningless. But if they understood the power of undefiled sex, waiting wouldn't seem so crazy. But the thing about it is waiting requires discipline that most people have not mastered. Sexual discipline is something that you need to develop as well so that you aren't losing the battle against purity or getting married just to have sex. You know, people, yeah, many people get married just to have sex. And some Christians encourage it. And I guess it is better than fornication, but that's not a good reason to get married. And But that's like a whole nother podcast episode. You know, I actually have done one. It's called Singleness. You should listen to that if you want more from that perspective. But really, that's it for me. Thank you for listening to Church from the Other Side, and God bless.